Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. That means it's time for Tim with Tim. I thank you guys for uh, always being with me. I appreciate your faithfulness. It's a beautiful day. Uh, it's the end of a good week in the Word, and uh, I'm excited to be in Isaiah chapter 18 with you. Uh, you guys, I'm honest with you. I put off Isaiah the same way I'm putting off Jeremiah <laughs> because I've read these books, and I know that you get into the middle of Isaiah, you get in the middle of Jeremiah, and uh, Whew, it's some tough reading, not because it's hard to read. It's just that it just becomes so much the same. And I'm not complaining about God's Word. I love God's Word. I'm just being honest. Some of God's Word is more enjoyable, more inspiring. You'll find a verse to love. And then some of these passages are less inspiring. You're not going to find a verse to love. Uh, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't speak. And it doesn't mean it's not worth our time and the effort to uh, to sort of wrestle it and, and, and try to get to the bottom of, of how God might be speaking. Um, gosh, today is one of those, you know, two chapters, uh, chapters 18 and 19 of Isaiah. Uh, I, gosh, I've had to just sort of wrestle with them, but I've kind of enjoyed the reading today. And uh, let, let me share with you what I've learned. Uh, chapter 18 begins with, with a message about Ethiopia. Um, there's, a, it's kind of unclear even what Ethiopia's role was on an international stage. Uh, the opening passage here, verses one through seven, is this oracle against uh, you know, Ethiopia. But it's, it's kind of strange because uh, verses one to two seem very specifically about Ethiopia, land of fluttering sails, the Living Translation says. The Hebrew there is just something like um, land of, of, of whirring wings, whirring wings. So some people think that must be locusts. Other people just said it's you know, the wings or sails. We don't really know even what that means. And that's kind of the way this whole passage goes, this chapter 18. Uh, nobody really knows the the images are so obscure. And as I say, we don't know that they had that much of a place on the international you know, uh, you know, stage to... Uh, to praise them in, in this way, to be feared far and wide for their conquest and destruction. Uh, so obviously, you know, Isaiah in the eighth century, you know, had information that, that is sort of lost to us in, in history. The other thing that makes this chapter, chapter 18, a little bit kind of puzzling is that once we, you know, talk about Ethiopia and how they're known and feared far and wide, it quickly switches, it pivots, you know, verses three through six, really are more addressed to all the people of the world, all you people of the world, everyone who lives on the earth. When I raise my battle flag on the mountain, look, and again, it's a picture of God's sovereignty, God's prerogative to judge the whole world. Your mighty army will be left dead in the field. He's talking about all the armies of the world. Vultures will tear the wild animals, will gnaw the bones all winter. I mean, it's a picture of Total destruction, which is you know an, an image of God's sovereignty. Again, God's authority to judge all the nations of the world. But then verse 7, it just flips right back to Ethiopia. At that time, the Lord of heaven's armies will receive gifts from this land divided by rivers. And, and at, at, at the end of the chapter, Ethiopia is paying tribute to Judah, uh, bringing gifts to Jerusalem. So this proud, you know, you know, conquering nation, Ethiopia, in the end is crawling, you know, to, to Judah to pay tribute and submit to them. So I, I don't know. That's weird. That's all just weird. Uh, I'm not saying it's so beautiful uh, in the sense that uh, all you people of the world, everyone who lives on earth, when I raise my battle flag on the mountain, look, you know, I love that picture of God's sovereignty. But chapter 18, honestly, is kind of a puzzle, uh, kind of a puzzle 
the, those words to Ethiopia. Chapter 19, though, back to Egypt, a message about Egypt. Egypt, while Ethiopia, you know, may have, you know, you know, waxed and waned in its influence uh, in an international context, Egypt is always there, man. Egypt is always right there. Uh, Egypt is always uh, a threat. Egypt is always somehow a sanctuary. This relationship between God's people and Egypt is always so complicated. Obviously, they started out as slaves in Egypt. Obviously, Egypt is this vast kingdom of the pharaohs with all of their gods and, uh, and, and, and so on. Uh, so chapter 19 begins for the longest time with, with this, you know, Yahweh's rising up against Egypt. Notice how he's riding on a swift cloud. It's, it's a, it, uh, the word there would be theophany, you know, this appearance, this manifestation of God here riding on a cloud. The picture there is that he's on a cloud, which means he's coming, he's unstoppable, he doesn't, he's not going to be stopped by your walls, he's going to hop right over your army. You know, he is coming on a cloud and he is going to drop on you and destroy you. The idols of Egypt tremble, uh, the hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. This language, you know, of course, harkens back to, you know, the memory of what God, what Yahweh has done uh, to deliver his people from Egypt and the way he brought you know, illness and disease upon the Egyptians and yet set his people free. Uh, I love verse 2, 3, and 4, these strong verbs that are used here. I will stir up uh, Egyptian against Egyptian. Verse 3, I will confound their plans and then I will deliver them to a hard, cruel master. The irony there, again, the reversal there because Egypt was a hard, cruel master, very words that you find in Exodus, but now going to be delivered to a hard, cruel master. All of this was fulfilled, you know, when Assyria conquered Egypt and absorbed them into the Assyrian kingdom. Uh, what follows there is the next oracle, starting in verse 5 of chapter 19. It's uh, the, the, the sort of the drying up, the, the destruction of the life of the, the Nile River. To this day, uh, the Nile is sort of the mother of all life in Egypt. If the Nile River were to dry up, Egypt to this day, I mean, would be uh, would be destroyed. I mean, their their economy, their agriculture, uh, everything depends upon the life that you find in the Nile River. And so here, you know, in this land where they worship the Nile as a god, once more, Isaiah just, you know, emphasizes the fact that God is sovereign. He's the creator of God, sovereign over all his creation, including your Nile River, which he can turn the, you know, turn the spigot off at any moment, and that thing dries up and blows away. Uh, so anyway, I, I love that image. I think it's kind of kind of neat. Verses 11 to 15. Again, we're still talking against Egypt. Egypt was known uh, as this, you know, center of ancient wisdom and learning. You know, the library uh, and, and and so forth, uh, the the wisdom of the counselors, but and all of this. But here, you know, once more, God just you know confounds them. You know, you think your wise counselors are so smart. Just have one of them stand up and tell us God's plans. You know, their wisdom is nothing compared to the Lord of Heaven's armies, and they got no idea what He's going to do. To Egypt. So again, once more, uh, just God asserting his sovereignty over the land of Egypt. But then uh, verse 16 turns to these this section of prose. Notice how the other was all poetry. 16 to 25 is a, is a prose section. Uh, it's five uh, prose utterances, I guess we'd call them. And they all start with in that day or on that day. So take your pen, 
find those words on that day and you can identify the five prose utterances. And this is amazing. When I say that I came into these chapters kind of expecting, you know, to come up dry, honestly, I really, I really, I'm into this part right here. I, I think it's so amazing. Uh, read this, pay attention to this. Notice what happens here, because I don't know if there's anything like this exactly in the Old Testament. Uh, first off, there's this about face. And we've been talking about destroying Egypt. We're going to turn off the spigot of the Nile River. We're going to confound and stir up and deliver to the Assyrians. And all of that happened. But look at this. Uh, this is an amazing picture here. Uh, in that day, the Egyptians would be as weak as women. That's not the amazing part. Uh, you know, the land of Israel. Speak the name of Israel and they'll be terrified. That day, five of Egypt's cities will follow the Lord of heavens. You start the land of Egypt is going to turn toward the Lord, which is amazing. But it's starting in verse 19. I want you to follow that part. That's where it's really amazing to me. Uh, you know, in that day, the people of Egypt will cry out to the Lord for help. They've been turned over to this hard, cruel master. Remember in the Exodus, they were the hard, cruel master. Now it's complete reversal. They have been reduced you know, to serving this hard, cruel master, but they cry out to the Lord. That's the same language. The children of Israel cried out to God from slavery in Egypt, and he sent a deliverer to save them. And here, the Egyptians, they cry out to the Lord for help, and he sends a savior to rescue them. The Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. Yes, they will know the Lord, give their sacrifices and offerings to him. I mean, the Egyptians have their own exodus. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, do you, are you reading this? And then notice in that day, Egypt and Assyria will be connected by a highway. There's this amazing picture of, of peace and tranquility between Egypt and Assyria. I mean, the entire fertile crescent here. But then don't miss this. I mean, they're both going to worship God. Um, it's, it's amazing. But then this. In that day, Israel will be the third along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth. The Lord of heaven's armies will say, blessed be Egypt, my people. Like that's a, that's a sacred, intimate nickname that God has given Israel. And now Israel is sharing this, these divine nicknames with the nations, with Egypt. Blessed be Assyria, the land I have made. What? Like God's only ever said that about Israel, you know, and now blessed be Israel, my special possession. So here at the end of chapter 19, I mean, Egypt has its own kind of exodus where God delivers them just like he delivered Israel from a hard, cruel master. They turn to worship him. And now at the end, uh, Israel is sharing these nicknames with the nations, you know. So Israel gives up its claim to special favor and all of the nations even the enemy nations of Egypt and Assyria, all of these nations share in the blessing of God's favor. They're called the special possession, you know. I just think that's amazing. This is like, is there anything like this in the rest of the Old Testament? This amazing picture of God's love for the nations and God's calling the nations, you know, to him, to his bosom in the same way that he called Israel. And the amazing way that, that Egypt and Assyria have these these beautiful, you know, pet names, the way that God has always favored Israel with these names. I, I just think it's amazing. I, I just really, really do. I, I've never seen anything like it. And I've read the Bible, y'all, and I've probably read this before, but today, uh, just digging a little deeper, reading a little slower, uh, kind of had my mind blown by the end of chapter 19. I just think that's amazing. Egypt cries out to God and, and God sends the deliverer, 
you know, and then calls them my people. I'm talking about Egypt, y'all. Uh, I love that. I just think it's amazing. Pick up right here on Monday morning, chapter 20. One more time, let's do two chapters, chapter 20 and then chapter 21. Don't slow down again, but pick up two chapters for Monday, chapter 20, all the way through the end of chapter 21. They're short chapters. It's actually not a lot of reading at all. You can do it. I will see you Monday morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I, I know, I didn't even say I love you all. I love you all so much. I've loved this week in the Word, and I can't wait for next week. I can't wait for every single day when we're in the Word together. So listen, have a great weekend. If I don't see you in church on Sunday, I'll see you Monday morning. So God bless you all. I'll see you then. Love you guys.